Hey, hey, everybody. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale. Welcome, Victor. Hey, guys. I don't have a popcorn head today. I have a bald head. This is a first. I know. You guys get to actually see what my head looks like now. I think the only other time we saw you without the Turtles green screen hat specialty was when you rocked the Batman mask. That is true. That is true. I will come back with that very soon. So don't worry, guys. We're going to come back with that soon. Well, I think it is an awesome look. And as I told you before the show, bald is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Whereas our friend Chris over at Executive always says... Best haircut in the place. Yes. Absolutely. Best best looking hair in the place. (laughs) For those tuning into the audio version of the show, that is producer Paul. Yo. (laughs) Yo, yo, yo. I feel like I'm forgetting to do something. Oh. Well, I will have something for you here in a little bit here, but I thought we'd kind of start off with a couple of little opening chit-chat things here before we start. You clued me into this interesting news story like about 10 minutes before we went live here. I guess, Victor, you said you're a little up up to speed on it, too, because I guess it's been in the news cycle for several years with going through all the many, many layers of the court process. That Gwyneth Paltrow, I guess she had a trial today. I read some headlines about this crazy uh, lawsuit she had from a skiing accident. Mm. So um, just a little quick refresher. I kind of got this from CBSNews.com. She's being sued by Terry Sanderson, a retired optometrist who alleges she skied into him in Deer Valley, Utah, way back in 2016. Sanderson, 76, says he suffered broken ribs, brain injury symptoms after the collision. Paltrow maintains that it was Sanderson who skied into her back and is countersuing for just $1. (laughs) While while Sanderson is suing for $1 million. (laughs) I think she's going to win this one. Come on. And attorney fees reimbursed. (laughs) $1? Dang, man. I guess there was like... CVSnews.com, they had this big 10 random facts from this trial today. They had all this, this, a lot of he said, she said, and like the attorneys were grilling Paltrow about her being, are you friends with Taylor Swift? Because I guess Taylor Swift did a similar thing, countersuing for a dollar for a similar uh, altercation with someone from many, from a few years back. It was it, so many layers to this. And so, yeah. Victor, you said you know about this? Yes. And, and the funny thing is, is what makes Taylor Swift and Gwyneth Paltrow such good friends as well as both of them suing uh, individual parties for, you know, accidents is that they're both narcissists. So they, they kind of fit the bill together. I don't think they'll win this one just because, let's face it, everybody hates Gwyneth Paltrow. Nobody likes a woman who has a silver spoon up her, you know, behind. So in this case... I guess I'm not up to speed on what what's the discourse with Paltrow. Is there like a couple random examples that come to head? Or is it just like bad social media stuff just, or bad quotes just, from interviews? There's just a lot of things like... You know what? I did like her in some roles, but just she just tries too hard. Like Anne Hathaway, like you ever heard of Anne Hathaway hate? She doesn't deserve any of the hate she gets. She actually is a good actress. Gwyneth Paltrow did not even earn her spot in Hollywood. If you can like glamour it up to how many great actresses there are out there, she would be like way at the bottom of the list. Reasons of why? Uh, I'll give you the biggest one. Goop. Yeah, like that's not a joke, everyone. That's a, like goop. That's is it her like website. Some past reference, or? yeah. Like that's her website. That's what she calls it. It's goop. What goop dot com? Yeah, or that she just calls it goop dot com. That's the official Gwyneth Paltrow website. Yeah, g o o p dot com. Yeah, like literally, me and my friend Jonan went on it. 
Her stuff literally is not even worth a quarter. She has tennis it, shoes on there. Is it just like a joke or something? No, or? no. It's it's actually like a lifestyle oh. guru kind of website where she tries to tell other people how to raise their children. Or as she said, I would rather smoke crack than eat, have my children eat uh, squeezed cheese out of a can. I'm like, okay, get over it. I had <laughs> no idea about this side of Gwyneth Paltrow. I always just kind of kindly associated her with like, oh, yeah, she, she's a pretty, she rocks a pretty good pepper pots. But from Iron yeah. Man films, but she, I had no idea she had this side, this side to her. Oh, she's she's like wow, she's she's a piece of work, and to to go back to what she was doing before, like what she became super famous, as you all know, she was good friends with the evil Harvey Weinstein. She even borrowed. Uh, the Miramax jet, so that she could go shopping for him. And uh, during this time, a little quick pro quo, when she was dating Brad Pitt, uh, Mr. Harvey Weinstein made a pass at her. Brad Pitt pulled him aside and said, if you ever do that crap again, I, I do remember. You. I do remember hearing of that story. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so, actually, you know, and mad props to Brad Pitt. Exactly. <laughs> Brad yeah. Pitt should get a standing, literally a standing ovation for that. You don't play that crap with him. Yeah. Come on. Paul, did you know about this side of Gwyneth Paltrow? I've I've heard like things that she's not exactly the nicest person. I don't know. I she's never really been on my radar as far she's as really being a not. big actress anyway. So I never she, thought anything of it. She's really not like there's no. a lot like Meryl she's, Streep. Is, I mean, anything she does, she's always just like a supporting role. I mean, yeah, I don't think yeah. she's I don't think she's a lead in anything that she's done. Yeah, that, that, I'm trying to think there there may be one or two examples, but like I don't know if there's any like runaway successes she's been in. At least off to, Victor yeah. anything comes I know you you could probably pull more references off the top of your head than me. <laughs> I would say the only thing that really made her endearing was when she played a an enormous girl in a Shallow Hal with Jack Black. Oh, that's right. That was probably the only endearing role that she played. Uh Jack Black Shout out to him. Made it so beautiful, that film, even though it was, you know, funny. <laughs> but it was still endearing. Um, really, the only, I will say the biggest thing that she has been in uh, that made her super big was uh, Shakespeare in Love. Wasn't a bad movie. Just didn't deserve an Oscar. Oh, yeah, I remember snubbed. that was a classic Oscar battle with Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Yeah, because it snubbed uh, Saving Private Ryan for that, which I thought was super, super wrong because he deserved that Oscar. But I mean, I thought it was director. a fine movie, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I prefer Saving Private Ryan more. Yeah, he got, but he got de- Best Director. Steven Spielberg got Best Director out of that, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Got to split it. Yeah, I'm happy about that. But yeah, she's, she's really not a nice person. In fact, during – and you all don't know this, but f- uh, fun fact, when they were doing Avengers, she didn't even know Tom Holland's name. Like when they first introduced each other, to uh, they were like, "Hey, how's it going, Gwen?" And he didn't. She didn't even know his name. She didn't even know his name. So all throughout the films, when she sees that puzzled look on her face, she's like, "Who are you again?" Like, I've wow. been in how many movies with you? Come on. That is that is pretty ridiculous. But a place that isn't ridiculous and a place we are happy with is our friends at Northwest Tire and. Northwest Tire and Grand Forks, well, they're looking to hire a tire technician. If you're not afraid to show up to work on time and work hard, this job might be for you. No prior work experience is necessary, and Northwest Tire will train the right people. You get great benefits like PTO, health insurance, 401k, and more. Pay does depend on experience, so stop into Northwest Tire on Gateway Drive to find out more, or call Chad Hoff at 701-780-8473, or apply online on their website, nwtire.com. All right, I guess one other thing here before we jump into our big lead review, if you saw the preview on the social media post on GFBS the other day, our big 
feature review here is going to be for John Wick Chapter 4. But I was kind of curious on what your guys' thoughts uh, and what Ken Reese, he's had quite the run. He's been in films for, what, 40-ish years now since yeah. uh, early to mid-80s? Yeah. And pretty much like a lead since, like, the late 80s. I want to say since Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, what, 99, what, 35 years as a lead Hollywood oh, role? Oh, yeah. So I was kind of curious. You know, we're just going to just spit all this for a few minutes. Don't This won't be the definitive end-all. But if we were to put together a Mount Rushmore of Keanu Reeves films for what we thought were his best roles or best performances or best films with him in a leading role, um, what would it be? He's done so many. I wonder if we could just narrow it down to four. What would they be? There's so many obvious candidates. Paul, what are a couple that come to the t- first of mind for you? Well, uh, firstly, it would be The Matrix, but oh, that's ours. but that's because I just really like that movie. But I never really liked the whole Neo and um, what was the other one's name? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, you mean uh, Trinity. Or, Trinity. Or Trinity yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like the, you know, the leather. Morpheus. Like style that they had in those shows, the 90s. but but the but the stories were really good. Anyway, um, yeah, I, lo- then, I, I I I hate to disagree with you, but I love Matrix. It was one of the few movies where I walked out of with somebody's and just had this little moment of silence. And after we were coming out of it, we're just this universal nodding, slow nod look. This was freaking awesome. Yeah. And uh, on on frequent re- rewatches over the years, still held up tremendously to me. Uh, the sequels, not so much. <laughs> Other than some killer action scenes in Reloaded, but the rest of them, eh, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, love the original. Uh, I don't, the original Matrix for me, that would definitely go on the Mount Rushmore. That would totally go for me, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when I was a little kid, I wasn't allowed to watch it. In fact, my mom, when we were visiting my sister in the movie theater, we actually I saw a little bit of it, and I'm like, what are you guys watching? Like, The Matrix? I'm like, can I stay and watch? No. But I still got to see the part where they're literally going through uh, the screen, uh, and it was so cool to see that. And I literally like was like, oh, I just wanted to like sneak in just to see it, but I was radar at the time, so of course I couldn't see it. So, but I still got to see it anyways. All right, Victor, what would you say would be a, a first Counteries movie that comes to mind for you? Ah, oh, man, that's hard. You know what? I gotta go with my girl uh, Kate Bigelow's Point Break with Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah, because that movie was. Just, just the fact of there was so much talent in that movie, and the fact that he hold his own, that would be at my my biggest top of the list. But then, I gotta go with Dracula because I love Francis Ford Coppola, and That's plus, right. a lot of people say that he didn't belong in that movie, but I disagree. He certainly hold his own, even though the accents in there, he didn't have a strong accent. He still was trying, so you, you at least gotta give him that. Point Break was fantastic. I- it's been forever since I've seen Dracula. I've seen Point Break many times over the years. Paul, big Point Break fan? Oh, yeah. Point Break is awesome. Uh, I guess it's weird. The first thing that comes to mind for those movies are not the, the surfing scenes or the bank robberies. I, I, it's the president masks. Yeah. So. But I love the when they were jump, Like, literally, they were doing skydiving, and they actually did it for real because Catherine Bigelow, being that she is the action connoisseur she is, she actually had them, like, do the stunts as they were going out, and then she threw the cameras out there, and then she was, like, filming guerrilla style, and I was like, that's badass. And, well, uh, first film that comes to mind to me for Keanu Reeves, I've saw, I saw this endlessly on VHS, and I rewatched it on 
on 4K Blu-ray like a year ago about is Speed. You know, yeah. it was kind of like the big breakout. Uh, I mean, he was kind of already on his way at that point, having mm-hmm. a few comedy leading roles, but this was kind of established him as a, as a lead action star yeah. that he added to his portfolio. Uh, we used to have, our families have this slow motion uh, VCR where if you keep hitting the pause button, you can see that frame by frame. And I'm, I, I, was, I must have been like a, <laughs> just a crazy mind kid where... Uh, Oh, whoops. There we go. Crazy mind as a kid because I would go to that scene where him and Dennis Hopper are, are, are clashing on top of the train or in the subway, and I would do the slow-motion VCR as Dennis Hopper got beheaded on top of the train. <laughs> but, yeah, but no, just the whole scene on the bus and just, yeah, just just following along with that, that whole middle hour, absolutely loved it. That would definitely go on my Mount Rushmore. Would, what would you guys think? you think speed? That would Mount Rushmore worthy? I would totally say. I mean, that really kind of escalated him to more action movie roles as he got older so that was that was that's totally in my mouth Rushmore. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd put speed up there. Not speed. How about another candidate, Paul? He's better Johnny than Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. That is a good okay. good camp okay. sci-fi. Before the Matrix, there was Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, okay. That was like okay. his big follow-up to Speed, I think like a year or so later. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a fun campy watch now. Yeah, that is Happy. That is. It's weird. I always remember, third rock from the sun. They're going to the the to get get a, a rental, and they're like, "Do you have Johnny Mnemonic?" No, we're all rented out. So, but we do have copies of the making of Johnny Mnemonic. So. Oh, that's weird. Um, you know, I'm kind of. I don't know about that one to go on the top four, but I know I would say the original John Wick would have to do just the first three John Wicks, and I guess you could say four now. Now we're going to be talking about the fourth one here a little bit. The first John Wick, I think, I don't know, I think to me that's definitely, I've seen that like three or four times, that just, yeah, you you couldn't think he could top himself as far as action movies, as far as Matrix, but he managed to just establish a whole new character, a whole new role, no longer is he known just as Neo or, or Ted, but now also I would say, yeah, that, I'd say the John Wick character probably eclipses the Neo character in popularity and more successful movies. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, in, in terms of action, yeah, John Wick, yes. I mean, Neo, of course, can always be popular. Always a great character. Um, the chosen one in this case. But I like John Wick. He's he's certainly a badass always, and he certainly made another character for, that's going to last the test of time. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, I would go John Wick. All right, Paul? John Wick is basically Neo. It's just longer hair. <laughs> no, just there, longer no, hair. There is no alternate reality world, and he's not wearing like a leather jacket. He's, he's wearing a suit a coat. Suit coat. No, but the <laughs> way he handles that gun. Yeah, yeah. Gun, gun just flew. no slow, no yeah. slow no, motion. No, no, John Wicks are awesome. <laughs> just the, yeah. the fight, the way they do the the choreography yeah. uh, in the fight scene, because it's not even like they somehow introduce like. Gun martial arts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I think they call it crazy. officially gun foo, right? Yeah, or crazy gunplay, if you want to go that one too. So, yeah, they, they go crazy with it. So. And each one they keep manage, managing to just establish a whole John new Woo level. I think John Woo kind of, like, established that. But now oh, yeah, hard-boiled? Yeah. yeah, but it's just gotten, like, way crazy good now. And yeah. and Keanu Reeves, I mean, it's a, you know, he does this, you know, goes to, like, shooting ranges and stuff in, mm. in real life and, you know, be able to handle a weapon like that. I mean, that takes that takes a lot of practice. All right, it's not like this is all CG. No, in martial arts. Uh, speaking of uh, Scott Atkins, who is one of my favorite martial artists, uh, he actually helped choreograph these films and 
being that he has been in very competitional fights, uh, th- there'd be no doubt that Keanu would train with him and then do the stunts as they're doing because he's a very fast learner. Uh, like Paul said, he goes to shooting ranges, and to be able to handle weapons like that and do martial arts on the side as well, that takes a lot. So, I mean, sh- shout out to Keanu, man. He's still, and he's still, he's not even that old, man, and he still can 58. kick ass. Yeah. He, and he still can kick ass. He's like, jo- he's like, he's like Jason Statham. He just doesn't stop. So, so let's put a pin on it. Top four uh, Keanu Reeves movies, The Mount Rushmore. It sounds like we're leaning towards Matrix, Point Break, the first John Wick, and what would say would be the fourth one? We got Speed, we got, you mentioned Dracula, we also got hits like Hardball, Parenthood, Constantine, uh, so so many films from his from his arsenal there. I the love, replacements. I, replacements. Replacements. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, replacements I, would be. I was gonna mine. say. I was gonna say that too. <laughs> I. That's a guilty pleasure sports movie. I mean, it's. I mean, it's storytelling one on one underdog sports team of uh, picket scab players during a, a football strike. But it's such a feel good movie. Mm. So it, it hits all the notes. I mean, it's nothing. It doesn't really break any new ground for sports films. But it 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 just it's so good. Fun fact, you guys, re, uh, Mr. Keanu took a pay cut just to work with Gene Hackman. I commend him for that. I would do the same. Yeah. So, okay, I think we got our list here. We got the first Matrix, the first John Wick, Point Break, and The Replacements. Uh, as far uh, as this uh, tentative... Although, although I would be... Che- I, I, I gotta say, I, I know we're, I'm probably gonna be cheating on this, guys, but I, I gotta go with Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah, Devil's oh, Advocate. Yeah, that's right. That fantastic, really too. Yeah. I'm a Venom <laughs> we'll, we'll carve a fifth slot in the Mount Rushmore there. Put put Devil's Advocate on there with it. How does that sound? I know that'd be cheating, but y- come on. It's him and Al Pacino. Come yeah, on. That is good. I, I completely neglected Devil's Advocate. Good, good pull there, Victor. Thank you. All right. Well, let's get on to John Wick Chapter 4. We set the stage. I'm the only one who's seen it out of the three of us here, so I won't go too far into spoilers. And also, people, if you're watching live in the chat, we want to hear what you have to say. If you've got any good Keanu Reeves picks here, make sure to, talk, to shoot us a line in the live chat on the GFBS channels on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We want to hear Do we have any uh, River Cinema and uh, dinner and a movie giveaways? Please tell me somebody got that question. Yeah. So uh, I guess we could, I don't know how we could do a contest out of that. Yeah. Everyone who responds here or or calls or texts, text us 701 213 0863 or in the chat, you just put in the chat your your Keanu Reeves favorite movies, just a couple of them, whatever you want to do. And, uh, And then everyone. Of everyone who responds by the end of the show, we'll just pick a winner at random there. Okay. Works for me. Sounds good. Good deal. I was hoping that they... I know I wasn't here for the last... Well, I was here, but I didn't know if they answered the first question that we had asked them, uh, but the Adam Sandler question, but I'm pretty sure they looked it up, so that's cheating. So, But either way, still, I wanted, I wanted to know if someone got that, so... Not that I recall, yeah. so... It was, it, was, it was a real brain bender. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, the the answer to that was uh, the wedding singer. Yes. Yeah. So, awesome Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, John Wick chapter four. So at the end of John Wick three, it's you know John Wick getting pushed off the, the roof to make it looks like he fell to his demise uh. by his by his old buddy there. Uh, was it how do you pronounce his name? George Georgiou for the elder, I believe the guy that runs the Continental. You know yeah, the elder, yeah, George. It, it's it's a weird name. It's, his last name is weird to pronounce, but George. Jew, I call Giorgio. him Giorgio, yeah, because yeah. it's you. So, so he kind of made it look like he turned on him, but like he had no choice but to do it. Mm. And so, it, it, this movie starts off where he's trying to redeem himself. He wants his freedom from the high table. He, he's tired of being on the run, so he he kind of ca- encounters this one greater power for the the high table, 
way off in the desert. It's kind of has vibes of Lawrence of Arabia. And he asks for his freedom. The guy tells him no. So John Wick takes care of him. And so it triggers a whole new wave of the, the table, like the high table going after all his old contacts for revenge. And now John Wick must, there's a whole new representative for the high table called the Marquis in here, played by Bill Skarsgård. And he kind of ha- he is he hits all the right tropes for being just like that sleazy, slimy villain. He has a weird what's it called the fancy pocket watch with the chain going on from the from a vest, one of those. Oh yeah, that that kind of yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yes. He doesn't have the twirly evil mustache, but he may as well. But he has he has like the over over globbed hair gel hairstyle, and yeah, he, he's just he has total slime by slime ball look and feel as just a super uh, just snarky. Uh, or, or just like uh, conceited tone to his voice throughout. I've seen like, and I know the roles he plays in the Skarsgård family. What a what a family of actors! And it's, my gosh, but I mean, I've seen the previews, and he he like Dale said, he looks really slimy, and he but he doesn't look like someone you want to mess with. You, you got to hit those, got to hit those numbers, hit hit those check, tick those check boxes. So you got to all right, villain one one. It's mm. not not that generic, but he he does a lot of nice little things to make him stand out on his own. Mm. And you know we're talking last week the unfortunate passing for for Lance Reddick. So he's it's good to see him here one one more time. So uh, rest so, in peace. Yes, rest in peace. So it pretty much establishes you know John Wick trying to you know I guess I don't know if the right words reconcile with the elder there, but goes on a new journey to get his freedom. He's pretty much challenging the Marquis to a duel. So mm. you get the Marquis, he's kind of chasing him down on one end, trying to gather support to challenge him to a duel. And then there's all these other side characters, like these other hitmen on the run trying to chase down John Wick. So you have this character uh, just called Tracker, played by Shamie Anderson, does a great job. And he has uh, kind of a, a weird nod to the original John Wick. He has his sidekick, a, a canine, by his side. Looks like you know, a, like a FBI uh, drug sniffing canine uh, by his side, and kind of just how are they? They trained this dog in some of the action scenes from here. There, I lost track of the number of shots where the, where the tracker will tell his dog get him, and he immediately does a lunging grab at the balls for all the hitmen that are chasing him nonstop. So you know. It's, you know, it's like you mentioned, Paul, a little earlier, how they keep raising the level for action scenes. And this one, they they go through the roof here. They make well, sure to there outdo was the, themselves. You know, in the last one with Halle Berry, she had the, the dogs with her. That was crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, there were some crazy dog scenes in that one, too. Yeah, I wanted to rewatch at least one or two of the original John Wicks before going into this. I just didn't have the time. But, yeah, the, the action scenes and the martial arts are like, you know, I meant how I see it labeled in the online press, too, is gunfu. They... They raise a new bar. I can't remember if the previous movies did. There, did they have bulletproof suits like uh, like the he the did. suit coats they wear? Like, it's, I, know oh, I think that's did. James I, Bond. No, I know he did. He he did originally, but then I think as the movies went on, because he had asked Lawrence Fishburne, who tailored him that suit with all the weapons in it. And because it's got a lot of weapons that I got to tell you guys, I've never like that's a badass suit, number one. But at number two, like it's got like where he could just pull out a pistol like no problem. And it's so cool. I don't know how they could have done it to where he just like flicks it and then just bam, bam, bam. And it's it's just how they make the suits are so cool. So, yeah. So they have these suits in here where I'm, I'm guessing all the suits are made out of just Top of the line Kevlar. Mm. They're bulletproof, so they show both 
John Wick and the enemies he's squaring off against. You know, they show people showing shoot, shooting at them at like almost point blank range within five, ten feet. And they're just raising their suits, just deflecting the gunfire like they're superheroes. It's it's almost a, it's a little bit to take me out of the movie. Like where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. After a while, I just rolled with it. But uh, yeah, the action, the gun, there's just the gunfights and the martial arts. And you know, you're mentioning a little earlier, Victor, and how how can you know. Keanu seems ageless. He can still keep pulling off this stuff. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, Keanu Reeves, he's almost 60. Part of the elaborate uh, martial arts takes de- takedowns in here he's doing. It's I don't know how many years he can keep pulling this off. I mean, you could tell by his face in this movie. His age is starting to show a little bit. It, it might <laughs> it's be. Not that, but... no, I won't say not as bad as, like, say, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen some of the previews for the new Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. It's not that uh, nowhere near that level, but it's he's, it's starting to show a little bit. You you could probably tell, yeah, but then you, you got to remember, guys, like, as the older you get, and even Sylvester Stallone said it best, the older you get, the more you still want to try. And I know they don't want to quit. So, like, Sylvester Stallone, Jet Li, all them, even Dolph Lundgren, those guys are never going to stop doing action films, even Keanu Reeves especially, because those guys know that even if they stop now, it probably won't – I mean, they could make other films, sure, but, like, that's their, that's their niche. You know, that's what they crave, you know, excitement, broken bones, shattered limbs. Like, that's what they live for. So. And I want to say this definitely – stays the course on awesome set pieces that yes. the fights and the action takes place in. There's an awesome nightclub scene mm. early on, kind of early middle part of the movie where there's like all these background waterfalls where the fights take place in. And so they're going in and out of the waterfalls and just, and they have like a nightclub lights going on for ambience. Just a nice array. It all combines for just a really mesmerizing look and feel to the presentation. And then, like there's this whole big march to the final boss and we'll go into details on just to save 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 it for you guys to see where they like kind of has to get on this final march to get to the duel with the marquee and the way it goes about is it, it keeps you tense because he has a time limit he has got to meet his face off with the marquee at a certain time but they make sure he is pushed to his limits in the final act it is a great final act i absolutely loved it see i i actually like um the battle scene like and they show it in the preview too but i like how they um and fun fact guys shooting in a nightclub is not easy so they made it pretty look pretty easy you saw some clips yeah they made it look pretty easy in this movie it's not like in uh if you guys seen blade 2 like when they're in the nightclub in there there's a bunch of people like all smushed together now they filmed this in check the czech republic so uh, so Mind you all that Guillermo del Toro, when he filmed in here, these were actually real people uh, and they were just extras. And he said it smelled so bad in there that he couldn't even film in there. But he's like, I'm going to put up with this because I want a great shot. Small trade off. Yeah, but it's it's hard to film in a club scene, dude. So I think they said they constructed a lot of this from scratch. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they went to the just a random nightclub (laughs) and shot. They wanted to make it go all out for John Wick. So they built one from scratch. Oh, of course. But you know, some in some uh, in some like, films, like they do, like actually go to real clubs actual clubs. Yeah, no. and it's hard. To no, shoot. no, that's a good. That's a really good example. I never thought about that. Yeah, you think all those people being there for extended hours mm. all night shooting, and yeah, the, the the smells would catch up to you. Yeah, they would. <laughs> but no, I guess to wrap it up, I want to give one more shout out to one more cast member, 
Donnie Yen playing yes. Kane, another assassin that's kind of chasing along Tracker. He's on his own. Uh, I guess he, they established him as a former associate or acquaintance of John Wick. They got their own checkered past, and he and he's a bl- he's blind also. I so knew that it. I knew he was blind. Oh, I, I thought the previews kind of established. That. I don't want no, to make no, that no, as a no. But, well, uh, it, it's funny because um, it, it wasn't the previews, but I knew when you said blind, I knew immediately I could see your face. He's like he's blind. I'm like just like in Star Wars because he was blind in Star Wars. If you ever seen Star Wars, a Rogue One story, you guys, he's blind in that too. So I'm like he wants to play uh, Noiji Iichi, which is a Japanese uh, swordsman who is blind, and that is. Knowing Donnie and he can do that because he's badass. And, yeah, he absolutely just is aces the entire time in his performance in this because he he's kind of he shows him doing like similar equal levels of gunplay and martial arts just as John Wick is, and then all of a sudden he's grabbing his cane, looking around where he's going, and and then before you know it, he you know you know he really has those heightened senses for for ears and and listening to his getting a feeling for his surroundings and just could just tell where people are coming at him and yeah then eventually they team up and then they don't team up and yeah it's five stars all around absolutely love this only nitpick is two and a half hour runtime there's a couple points where I was like this should be wrapping up soon I'm not used to John I think your average John Wick movie is about two hours I want to say but. I want. I want to say it like legs at any point, or I, I, but there was a couple of points where I was like, I'm just not used to these movies being this mm. long. But I enjoyed the ride the entire time. Yeah, high recommendation to John Wick Chapter Four. So yeah, and Donnie Yen. Also, I got to give a shout out to him because one of my favorite martial artists as well. That get that guy can kick some ass. So and then yeah, there's yeah. I don't want to spoil, but there there are some great just great homages to a certain video game I like where they film one one uh, fight scene or gun scene a certain way where Keanu Reeves gets an awesome weapon he uses throughout. So uh, I don't want to give too much away to it there, but they, they make sure to go all out with one awesome gun, gun fight scene. So, But yeah, um, yeah, definitely high recommendation. Doing great on Rotten Tomatoes. Critic and audience aggregate both are currently sitting at 95%. So sounds like hits with everyone all around. So yeah, there you go. Everyone loves Keanu. <laughs> all right. Victor, time for your fill your head segment. I got for your topic this week is you can't impress anybody no matter how hard you try. Yep, you just can't. I, I would like to say you could, but honestly, you'd be failing yourself over and over again. I tried to, um, and full example of this, I actually tried to um, to apologize to this young lady. Um, we got into a little bit of a heated argument, well, in this case, a heated debate in this sense. And uh, it didn't go very well. And I tried relentlessly to apologize. It did not work. And she hates my guts. Um, I tried finding ways to think about what I could do, what I could say. But at the end of the day, I learned that, you know what, guys? Just can't. Can't impress. Can't force. Can't do anything. Either, you know, in some ways you would like to think that you can make up and, and just move on. And all you can do is really move on. That's that's all you can really do. But at the end of the day, don't force it. You shouldn't. Don't. Trust me. You force it. In your debate, you should have just said, yeah, I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. Even if I said that, it, it would still end up in a very, very not very happy moment although i could have said that in a funny way it still would have ended up very badly but no i i will say it's it's not a bad thing to not want to you know try because it's not but you know it's you, you can't impress people you know can't 
force yourself to impress because it's it's gonna make you miserable, guys. It's just it will make you super miserable. All you can really do is the best lesson I can give anybody is you know as my grandmother always said, there's no use crying over spilled milk. The best thing to do is get a paper towel and clean it up. And if you can clean it up, yeah, good. There you go. Nice and quick one this week. Victor, I can't wait to see what you have for us next week, man. Thank you. All right. And you know what else I can't wait to see what we have is the latest treats from our friends at O for Heaven's Cakes, where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where O for Heaven's Cakes comes in. They have the best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat. I made my weekly visit there a little earlier today for lunch uh, I, with my sandwich. I had a, I had their one of my favorites, one of my go-tos, the Reese's uh, cupcake. There, they have a Reese's peanut butter mixture on top of a peanut butter filled cupcake. It is absolutely delicious. One of my highest recommendations from there. And they make incredible specialty items by order, or just walk in to find out all their other options. And while you're there, enjoy homemade lunch, soup with keto, gluten-free, vegan, diabetic options. If you're a business owner and want to treat your employees to some specials, make sure to check out their monthly discounts. So Over Heaven's Cakes are located on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, open open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. You can call them up, 701-757-2253, or email Cakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's Over Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. If you're looking for a cake job, well, Over Heaven's Cakes are hiring too, so make sure to stop in there and ask about their employment opportunities. All right, Victor. Before we started going on the show here, you told us how you checked out. We had a we had a very big uh, a lister in town uh, at the Empire Arts Center doing a was it like a, a stand up or like kind of a variety show type thing? Uh, no, it was a. It was like it was uh, like it was, for a charity fundraiser thing, right? Um, it was for a charity kind of fundraiser, somewhat. It was it was for this uh, chi- kind of like parks and recreations for uh, to build child's. Um, playgrounds kind of thing um i actually wanted to volunteer i'm still going to volunteer i just haven't had the time to look it up but uh yes it was uh of course my man mr john c for the children's science museum yeah exactly yeah as as paul just told you it was for a child uh child's museum uh which was really really good uh charity um this guy dean his uh very lovely man uh who who just helped me out? He let. Uh, he also told me about it. He told me, gave me a flyer, telling me to check it out, which I will eventually. Because again, just very busy. busy. But otherwise, yes, uh, I went to go see John C. Riley. I can't believe he came here. Um, I was really, really surprised. Um, I was just freaking out because I'm like, dude, I love John C. Riley. That's my boy right there. Will yeah. couldn't come obviously because you know he's busy, but. Otherwise, still, it's John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah. Him and Farrell did so many good take team acts together with Talladega Knights. Yes, and Step Brothers, yes. and I think a couple others. Yeah, so many great take team combos with them. So, what was uh, John C. Riley's act like for the day there? Just as amazing as you can. Like, it's like watching if you ever seen Dewey, <laughs> the Dewey Cox story, uh, which is. Uh, walk, walk, walk the line. Basically, Dewey Cox story. Oh, walk hard, love that or walk, movie. Uh, walk hard, excuse me. Uh, the Dewey Cox story. I always think walk, walk the line. What was the satire of it? Yeah, which is funny because it's like a Johnny Cash story, but it's um, but it's so good. It's he's just what a. There's so many great talented people out there, and a lot of people don't know that. You know, they think they can just like he thinks he just act, 
but he does more than acts. He he can he can play guitar. I mean, heck, yeah. Most people did not know that Nat King Cole, he was a beautiful jazz musician. And, I mean, he could do so many things. Or, uh, look at uh, Mr. Nick Offerman. Not only is he an actor, but he actually, his character in the show does woodworking. And he does it in real life. He's a farmer and a woodworker at the same time. He grew up on a farm, and he's a woodworker and an actor. And he's freaking hilarious. So, I mean, he's multi-talented. Just like Mr. John C. Riley. You guys should have seen him. He was just killing it on the guitar. And, man, can that guy jam. Did a few musical numbers then? Oh, absolutely. And they were just very, they were not only hilarious, but they were so beautifully done. And may I say, like everyone, not just not just him, because he did a great job, but everyone uh, from the PBS uh, Corporation, because they, they had actually sponsored uh, what they were doing for the Child, Children's Museum. And he also supported it as well. And it was just so cool to see everyone from him and all these other guys who were at PBS. They were just supporting this fundraiser and it was just a beautiful fundraiser and it was just a good time so. was the empire just completely packed oh yeah man it was what a good time it was it was just so much fun and i got to see my friend nick who i haven't seen in a really 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 long time and i got to see his mother also who i haven't seen in a really really long time and it was a great so. venue there to to do it at. i know we've interviewed some of the organizers at the empire behind the scenes and so that goes over I, some some of the many events they put on it's yeah it's a great art house yeah very beautiful i haven't been there since uh, rocky or a picture show and also it's i you know, i've been there twice uh, but i this is my fourth time now actually so it's crazy because i haven't been there for a long time and man what a show they put on and so i shout out to john c Riley and everybody who did such a incredible phenomenal job there their musical talents were just incredibly phenomenal so that was just awesome all right man good to hear that that turned out pretty good here um now i know what's also awesome that you bestow upon us every week is your action figure showcase yes so uh, do you have you have a couple figures for us today this guys i have if you are a huge fan of creatures i actually have this one and i creature features oh yeah this one literally will knock your socks off because i customized it just this morning well not this morning but in the you know early morning and while victor gets that i'll just uh, mention that for newer viewers victor is a hardcore figure collector and customizer so he brings in one or two figures every week just to kind of just geek out with us about his passion here which we absolutely love all right what do you have in store for us this week victor all right you guys now i want you to imagine you're in the ocean all right you're in the ocean you're having a peaceful time playing with your kids maybe your friends maybe your girlfriend and suddenly a fin starts to approach and the fin starts to approach it's this guy literally it's king shark who is going to eat your entire freaking arms legs king and shark from the suicide squad yes and literally i couldn't believe when i found him in the store i was so like i love king shark i actually was waiting to buy a king shark for years years people but once i, I found love the him, blood soaked mouth yeah i literally was like let's go i gotta i gotta give him like more blood and stuff and did you did was that a touch from you the blood yeah i i gotta give him more blood and of course i made him blue because i thought you know guys i love great white sharks one of my favorite species, literally my favorite ocean predator. And these guys literally are just 
absolute monsters. I mean, you've seen Jaws. I mean, literally, look at him. He could literally rip your face off and just, like, eat it in front of you. So, I mean, what better way to support, you know, not only my boy James Gunn, but my favorite uh, comic book character, King Shark. And cool part is, guys, if you just open his mouth, and I can try to show you. It's really hard to open his mouth sometimes, but he's... So how long ago did this original figure first release? Um, this actually was back in 2000, actually around almost 15 through 16. Um, when they released the movie, um, funny enough, when they released the movie, it was really crazy how it kind of didn't do very well at the box office. It did fine financially, but in the sense of where everybody was kind of like... I remember everyone critically was like... It, it was one of the few times a comic book movie made my worst of the year list. I absolutely detested the, the first Suicide Squad film. I didn't detest it, uh, the first Suicide Squad movie. Why? Because you know what? DC didn't know what they were doing at the time. They were trying to, you know, expand on characters, and everything was going haywire. So James Gunn, of course, was brought in because they were going to release. I'm the glad David I got Ayer. a second chance. Yeah. yeah, they redeemed themselves a lot with the second movie. And David Ayer, I, I wish they would have released his version instead of just the Warner Brothers version because they knew better than that. But obviously, we'll have to wait, just like Snyder cut. So yeah, I remember hearing a lot of bizarre cuts were made, but that was that's another story for another day. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Gosh, man. God, yeah, just frightful. Just look at him. He's so how, frightful. So how long did it take to get all those those customizations worked in, would you say, about? Um, so <laughs> they always do this where – so because he's such a big guy, he, of course, has these shorts. Now, the shorts go all the way down to his knees, but I cut – like this portion of it off and I wanted to paint him black be- not <laughs> and I wanted to leave him like this but I'm like you know I'll just paint him black and then glue these parts that were cut cuz I had to cut it just so that he can move his legs um cuz he does have movability in his legs but he didn't when he had the shorts on which I don't know why they did that but I think they want you to do it your own way. So I did. And literally, I was like, I, I saw the teeth and just the fin and everything. So I fixed him up. He's almost kind of done. Just got to give him black shorts. But otherwise, I painted him blue, you know, made him more popish. And, of course, gave him just a bloody mouth. And you can see all the teeth in there, man. Just look at him. He's such a cute little dude. But he will rip your face off. And if you've seen the Suicide Squad movie, you guys, literally when he falls off the tower and they start shooting at him, he literally just gets up and goes for the colonel. And just you can just see him blood splurting. And it's just his head is in his mouth. And he just, like, keeps chewing on it for the duration of the movie. And I'm like, I love him. He just so cool. I love King Shark. Still one of my favorite comic book characters. And man, look at him. He's just just monstrous. Mar- and marvelous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. You said you had one more for us? I do. I do. Let me see if I actually do. All right. Uh, while Victor gets that out here, yeah, make sure to catch up on all his other past ones here. He's been doing these uh, figure of the week. Sometimes he brings two, some weeks one. Victor, no, not just one this week? Yeah, I think I left that other one in the car accidentally, so that's my bad, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no worries. It happens. I will bring it next week, though, but I have it, but it's in the car right now, so I'll bring it next week so you can all see it. Always always loving the action figure showcase you have every week for us, man. All right, before we move on, we kind of wrap up our last segments for the week here. We got one last sponsor to thank, and that's the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill, where we want you to make them your next movie and dinner destination. 
Both are located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia late in restaurant The Shire or take your meal to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are John Wick Chapter 4, Scream 6, Champions 65, and Creed Three. Now, for their complete listings and showtimes, check out the website, rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesday's $5 movies all day long and the five fifty senior matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Now, the River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners, expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the same company that also runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, check out morefamilytheaters.com. And I guess speaking of movies and theaters, it's time to preview this week's upcoming streaming and theatrical new releases. Got four noteworthy picks this week, so kind of curious on where you guys stand on them. I think a couple of them are really standing out to me this week. So first, uh, off cable and on the Showtime app is season two of Yellow Jackets. It's a follow-up season focusing on the adult survivors of a plane crash that stranded a girls' soccer team in the Canadian Rockies for 18 months. I had no idea about this show until I was doing the write-up for this week's preview. Any of you familiar with the first season or happened to catch it or clips or anything? I knew about the show. A lot of great female cast, like just dynamite cast in there. Um, Haven't seen the show, but I heard it was really good. Now, I haven't seen this next show, but I hear it's a big hit. Pretty much if you're a fan of Sopranos, this is like the unofficial worthy successor from everyone I talked to about it. But Succession, the final season uh, on HBO on either traditional cable or through the HBO Max app. Season premiere was last Sunday. New episodes will be hitting every Sunday night. And uh, for the preview, I got what will become of Kendall Roy now that his siblings know that he killed someone and what will become of Tom Wamsgans now that he's deceived Shiv and her siblings. And will Kendall ever rap again? The burning question. Either of you guys big Succession fans? Never even heard of it. I've heard of it, just never been a huge fan of it, but I heard it was a pretty good show. Uh, uh, The way I hear the buzz of it, it just reminds me of the same buzz and acclaim people talk about The Sopranos, so... Big time crime family, and that's kind of hard to to measure up to. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Sopranos that was the number one show on cable, so yeah. I mean, that's that's a hard measure up. So I have to see if it uh, measures up to it. Yeah, I, I, this is one of those ones I just never got around to. I'm like, oh, I'll start in one of these years, mm-hmm. and just yeah, just never got around to it. Fell in the backlog. Next up is a streaming series on Netflix called The Night Agent, and it's based on the thriller novel by Matthew Quirk. It, where it has Gabriel Basso, who stars as an FBI agent who becomes tangled in a conspiracy to find a traitor working at the highest level of the U.S. government. Uh, and, and finally, we have in theaters this Friday one I'm really looking forward to, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Same. Where it has Chris Pine starring as a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers join them as they undertake an epic heist to retrieve a lost relic but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people also starring michelle rodriguez justice smith sophia lillis and directed by jonathan goldstein and john francis daly big time yeah i've been looking forward to seeing the previews for this over the last couple of months i think i've seen the i think there isn't there a cardboard pop-up at the river cinema i believe also yep or a big is. poster yep. right yep. when you walk yep. in yep. there is and, and trust like trust me i'm ready for dungeons and dragons man plus to see my favorite creature in there the owl bear and i can't wait to see that they're going to release it as a figure so i'm crossing my fingers so 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the original movie from around the turn of the century. I think it was like '98, '99. That's yeah. like guilty pleasure. It's campy, but it's good, dumb, campy fun. And especially if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you're familiar with the lore, even just a little bit. It's it, I, oh, it hits the right it. notes. Uh, I love Jeremy Irons. He played such a fun villain in there. So yeah, so those are your upcoming releases this week. And uh, before we wrap up with our quick takes, got some GFBS plugs for some GFBS shows going on this week. On the Wednesday interview from earlier today, we had on Joe Nostad from uh, from Nostad Acres talking all about it being this ultimate go-to rustic destination for weddings, events. You can find out all the information on the GFBS interview from earlier today. And coming up on this Friday's new episode of Weird Cinema, Icky Ichabod will be covering his first Quentin Tarantino film with his review of 2019's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So make sure to find out what all he has to say about it on this Friday at 9 o'clock when it first premieres or on demand anytime afterwards. All right, quick takes. What have you guys seen this past week or plan on watching soon we didn't talk about yet? Um, I'll kick things off here first. Uh, I'll just make it real quick. Picard, latest episode six, they had a great cameo from one of my favorite characters from the original TNG run that was only in a few episodes, and I thought I would never see this character again. I won't give it away because of spoilers in case anyone hasn't seen it yet, but I think they almost got the entire original TNG cast back now. It's great seeing all these familiar faces uh, just just reunite and yeah season three easily dwarfs season one and two by far so yeah a big time redemption from the first two seasons uh and and they have some really good homages in this latest episode to past star trek starships and just where they're going with Riker is really cool so yeah only four more episodes left uh saw the latest newest south park Paul, are you up to speed on the latest South Park? No, the last one I watched was the... Chat GPT? The chat GPT. Oh, God, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that. That was phenomenal. I love how they how they keep rolling all this latest pop, col- pop culture references and staying up to date on them. Uh, yeah, Parker and Stone are... Ju- they just continue to amaze. Geniuses. And the latest episode is just as good. Cartman gets a job. <laughs> he gets out of the hot dog stand. <laughs> they finally wrap up that, that plot point. There. See how it comes to be where Cartman gets a job and within hours takes a mental health day. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And then, yeah, I, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to get ready for this upcoming weird cinema this Friday. And then this weekend, I'm going to be watching way too much wrestling. WrestleMania is this weekend. They got all the supplementary shows like the Hall of Fame ceremony and the NXT show the day before. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching way too much wrestling this weekend. So, Paul, what about you, Quick Ticks? Well, I thought this was a new movie, but you guys informed me that it came out in, like, 2019. But it was uh, Mel Gibson uh, dragged across concrete. I'm surprised I never heard of it before because this is what I thought was a really good movie. Yeah. I mean... You know, it wasn't, like, exceptional. There was a lot of spots in there where I was like, okay, this is kind of, it's like, it's getting a little boring here. Mm. Like, where, where is this going? But then it would pick up and it would get really good again. Mm. I, but there's, like, the one scene in there that, and I, they're, they're disturbing, but I love these kind of scenes in movies because I, I think it brings a, a, a thing of realism to them. Mm. And so when you got the, uh, the lady who is leaving her apartment and doesn't want to leave her newborn baby. Mm. Uh, the same lady for that play, Dexter's sister. I'm, I forget the actress's name. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, she, you know, she just had a newborn baby. She doesn't want to go back to work. She wants to stay with her kid. And her husband's like, no, you've got to go to work. You make more money than me. We got to be able to, you know, pay for the kid. Well, then she gets to the bank and the bank's getting robbed. But I'm like, you know, your typical movie. This one like was more realistic where, uh, 
she like the guy was going to try to alert the police and they told them not to. And she's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And she tried to stop him. Well, then the guy like the bank robbers ended up like blowing off like one of her like a bunch of her fingers on one hand and it completely like blew off her other arm because they got, you know, these machine guns. Uh. And then she's like holding out the sock that she had from her kid. She's like, his name's Jack. And, and then they just shoot her yeah. in the head. Uh, and yeah. it's like it's like that's so disturbing. But that is way more realistic than you know because i mean if these guys are robbing a bank and they're psychopaths like this like yeah that could be that could be your day yeah pretty much yeah. there's a the, the heist scene in that movie is i don't know you said now the whole the whole movie as a whole isn't exceptional but i know, i would say that heist scene is exceptional oh yeah yeah definitely yeah it, i would i would recommend watching this movie um and yeah i mean there's so many parts of that movie I liked. It made my top ten movie of the year list when I, in my yearly recap for my own personal documents at home. Uh, there's so many good things on there. Yeah, there are a few lulls in there, but like the build up to the high scene and how they get there is good, establishing Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. I know it kind of came and went under the radar because I, we we're talking a little bit before the show because Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson at that point in their careers, and they still to a certain level degree, they're you know they're working on their redemption arc. So you know that they still get roles, they still get pretty big movies with big companies but because of you know their past they just don't get the same marketing budget that they used to so well it's funny because they came back both together because it was because of that movie uh, fun fact everyone is because of that movie that they worked together both in mel gibson's movie hacksaw ridge so he played the uh the commander of course vince vaughn did in that movie for good reason so yeah yeah i like hacksaw ridge and yeah, yeah dragon cross concrete i really like after the movie wrapped up, I immediately bought the soundtrack. How would you like the soundtrack in that one? I don't know if that, did that pop out to you some way. There's a few songs that kind of uh, intentionally overstay their welcome, but they just stuck with me because they, the way they resonated with me with some of the scenes they played in. Uh, I was like, I got to buy the soundtrack for this. And one of the few times I bought a movie soundtrack in the last like decade. Yeah, no, I don't really remember anything sticking out to me. But yeah, high scene is awesome. And then all I think I said to you, when you mentioned to me in text that you saw it, I was like. How about that sandwich scene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best scene eating a sandwich ever. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And then the, uh, the last thing I have is uh, I get that knock on the cabin because you had talked about that when it came out in theaters. Um, I got about halfway through it. I need to finish the other half. But so far, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I wouldn't say it's like great by any means yet. But I, it's an M. Night Shyamalan, a ding dong. So I'm going to have to wait until the very end to see what the twist is. Yeah. Uh, so when I do finish it, I'll have my, my official opinion. Yeah. Enjoy, I think you'll enjoy it. it it's very seeing very, how it all comes together. Yeah, that first half is like I can see where you're coming from. Just seeing only the first half, probably thinking, all right, how far are they going to go with this? How are they going to make this make sense up by the end of it? Right. There was one thing that's not movie related, and it's like a really weird question. But Batista, you know, he's like a beast, hmm. and you know, I can understand, like you know, because you're a wrestler, you get like the cauliflower ears and everything. But you guys have bald heads. The top of his head is so wrinkled. Mm. I don't like. Is that from wrestling or is it just that's, like that's just na- that's just natural? Because I mean, is that just him getting older? Or that's like, just him just getting. I always, the top of his head looks like cottage cheese. I always remember him having <laughs> at least when he went bald in wrestling. Anyways, he used to have hair for a, a long time, and then eventually just started shaving his head. But I always remember his head being a little showing showing some wrinkles over the years. Okay. Yeah, because he he has like, and you can imagine because he's like. Paul said he's so huge, and because he's so, he's getting to that age where he is. I thought maybe it was because of driving your head into you know a wrestling mat for a long time or no, something that, that could, could do it. That could have played a role, maybe a few too many chair shots. Yeah, 
that wouldn't that wouldn't be surprising considering again have you seen anyway. how big that man is God. any any other quick takes paul uh no i think uh, i think that's pretty much all i've had a chance to catch so i've been pretty busy lately i don't know with what victor I'm excited. Uh, quick takes for me. I'm just excited for the Mario movie. Yes. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Um, Get your popcorn ready for it. Seriously, I'm ready for it, and I uh, can't wait to see it. Um, I, I'm really excited, of course, to hopefully. I know Kirby probably won't be in it, but I'm having crossed my fingers for it just because I love Kirby in it. Um, I know I really can't wait to see the Joker movie. And, guys, there's been a lot of talk about this. And if you haven't seen any of the pictures online... I've not seen any of the previews or anything. So is this officially picking up where the last one left off? Um, so from what I know, uh, Lady Gaga will be in it. Um, they said they were going to make it a musical, but I don't think that's mm, just... No. I, now, again, this is just rumors. This isn't, like, full But fledged. same actor, right? Or? Yeah. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix will be returning, of course, and... Uh, of course, Lady Gaga will be in it as well. So um, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I've seen Lady Gaga act, and she she really does pull her weight in her act. So, I mean, she just gives that force. Joaquin Phoenix, didn't he win, like, best Oscar Best Actor for he it? Did, yeah. He did, yeah. He won Best uh, Actor for Joker. Yeah, so. I thought it was a phenomenal performance. Phenomenal movie. Absolutely loved Absolute, Joker. Absolutely. Beautiful movie. Um, literally, shout out to both him and Todd Phillips for doing it. Shout out to Martin Scorsese. Because, I mean, I originally he was supposed to do it with Leonardo DiCaprio, but, of course, obligations and doing The Irishman. But still, I'm very ex- I'm really excited for the second movie, and the pictures look really, really good online. So if you ever get a chance... When's that uh, supposed to hit? Um, they Summertime? Said, they said next year. Next year? Next year, so uh, be prepared. <laughs> I am, obviously, so I can't wait. They, they showed already uh, promotional pictures for it, um, and, every, and they showed a scene where they were walking down kind of like a court step a little bit and she has her face painted um so she's going to be harley quinn again it's not going to be a musical i don't know yet we all don't know we just show i just got to see pictures so to be to be determined exactly so just be prepared for it because it looks pretty awesome and looks dark like it did in the first one so i'm excited she's Um, gonna have a hard time Matching up Margot Robbie. Yes. Probably, but at Big the same time. time competition. Probably, but knowing Lady Gaga, I mean, if you all seen A Fault in Our Stars, I immediately was like, yeah, she, she's got it. So good, for, good on her. Um, I don't hey. know why everybody hates Jennifer Lawrence. I just don't know. She's been in the news cycle lately. She just hasn't said anything lately. I think after her popularity kind of went down, which I guess. Is that the Hunger Games girl? Yes. Oh, that's because she keeps saying all kinds of dumb stuff. Is she like doing a lot of uh, just what, out there social media posts or no, interviews no, quotes? No, it's just after she had a child, it's like she, like Paul said, and, and I know she'd been saying a lot of dumb stuff before, but I think it's it's just where everybody's getting, they don't want to make movies anymore, and they don't want to She do hasn't anything. really done any big roles the last couple of years? No, I mean, she's doing, It she's, seemed like she was riding a good wave there for a few years with Silver Linings Playbook. She says play, some really dumb stuff. Silver Linings Playbook, <laughs> yeah, American... She, American Hustle had some really great performances. Yeah, she j- now she's doing a comedy movie uh, that's coming up pretty soon. I'll have to uh, do some looking up here. <laughs> it's it's really it's really bad because I mean, you know, she like Paul said, and I and I and I do agree with him because he's she has been saying a lot of dumb stuff lately, and I don't know why. And she was just fine with it like years ago, like she had starred in big franchises. Would you say it's up there with Gwyneth Paltrow? No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But she's. And she just gotten silent, you know. I think she went radio silent, just like you know. I think when people learn, even Tom Cruise had to learn this. 
where he went too far with if everyone has seen the you know video of course if you were mean when you saw this on tv him jumping on oprah's couch and confessing his love to katie holmes um but i think he I had said i think i just thought that was overblown i thought it was you know he's playing up a bit and i'm like wait no, people are dumping on him no, for this he, and no <laughs> I, I think it's just because tom cruise being that he when, I don't think they were jumping on him, but the fact that you have to realize that because your fame, it's more than just you in there. And so he learned that once he dialed it back and just kept making movies and learning that this is a character, I get lost in any of my characters, and he just kept playing movies. Yeah. That's why you don't hear anything from him anymore. You heard that he did a great Top Gun movie, but then he's just keeping doing more great movies. And I think that's what Jennifer Lawrence needs to do, learn from her mistakes, and maybe she'll just go back to doing great movies again. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. All right. There you go. Well, when you talk about like Jennifer Lawrence and Gwyneth Paltrow, it makes me think of this Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly meme that I see. And it oh, cracks God. me up all the time. And oh, it's, God. It's uh, Eminem saying, no, I don't have any beef with Machine Gun Kelly. Like, why? I don't even know what, what this con like, like what he's even talking about. I, I could list 50 other rappers that are like extremely better than him. It's like, dude, you're not even in the conversation. Pretty much, yeah. And, <laughs> not and, worthy to make that claim. And when and when Eminem says that you're not worthy of the conversation, you, that pretty much was a diss already, like five hundred ways. <laughs> yeah, and I got I got some some social media and interview quote research to do from all these references you guys have made with Paltrow, Jennifer Lawrence, Eminem. Holy moly, gotta do my research. It's it's really brutal. If you actually look up the interview, like what Paul just said, because it's really funny. <laughs> like when him and Teach Avery, they just like make it, like they dump on him so bad but he did it to himself when he quick pro quo everyone if you're trying to hit on eminem's daughter please don't because you're just going to get hurt by eminem he'll drop not even f-bombs his way of just pretty much telling you you don't even exist in like paul said when you don't even exist in the conversation when you're not even a part of it that's already the biggest diss right there when he doesn't even include you so just don't even do it i, I do have one more quick take you know, I, I have been watching so, a lot of something. So I'm pretty much almost, I think, completely caught up to date on Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. I've been, I've been, I've been noticing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've never gotten into that. What is it? Is it good? Big hit with the kiddos? Yeah. Oh, the kids are obsessed with it. I, I played this uh, Paw Patrol kart racing game. It's on Xbox Game Pass where I'm like, all right, I need. Uh, I played it a couple of times this year. Just I'm like, all right, I got like five to ten minutes. I don't want to jump into a big game. Well, let's do some Paw Patrol racing. How bad can it be? It's actually an okay Mario Kart clone, but it's all, you know, kiddified. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I'll have to bust that one out on uh, Pixel Pros. Be one is be get bring the kids and we'll have them play some Paw Patrol racing. <laughs> the thing that cracks me up about this Paw Patrol is that he has this like catchphrase, and he's like, you know, no job is too big, no pup is too small, you know. And then he says, "Pop Patrol, they're on a roll, whatever." But in every episode, whatever the problem is that they have, he says that, and then he says, "But no pup." So you could literally have there's a meteor about to crash into a plane that's going to hit a duck, and he'd be like, "There's no meteor and plane and duck too big and no pup too small." <laughs> Like, 
they just like everything just a total blanket statement at the yeah. beginning of it. It, it it's like it doesn't even have to rhyme it doesn't have to like, make any sense whatsoever and he every single time he does it oh, it's, it's hilarious what, there you go parents looking for something to put some go-to programming for your kids paw patrol gets paul seal of approval <laughs> it's so, that's hypnotizing oh it reels you in reels you in all right. Well, with that, we will wrap things up for the day. We want to give a shout out to today's sponsors at O for Heaven's Cakes, Northwest Tire in the River Cinema, and the Shire Bar and Grill. Welcome you to join us live for all future episodes every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on GFBestSource.com or the GFBS channels on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We're everywhere. Or podcast apps. Just search GFBS and you'll find it. Also, want to help support GFBS? Make sure to hit that donate link on top of the GFBestSource.com website or leave us a five-star review on Google or your go-to podcast app. With that, many thanks for having us part of your day. We appreciate your support and for joining us. Many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. Always great to be here. And remember, nom nom. Oh, nom nom nom. Many thanks to Eyes in the Back of His Head, producer Paul. He's just here. He's here in spirit, of course. Always. (laughs) And again, many thanks to all of you for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Probably reviewing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go, guys. It's Dungeons and Dragons time. Let's kick it off. Let's do this. We'll have our magic missiles ready. We'll see you then next week, everyone. Goodbye.